Well, that started with a strong Kinsey six, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was a zero. Oh, is that, have I got it the wrong way around? Oh, no, I think you're right. I like your... Um... I like your hoodie. Thanks. Are you trying to hide? It's a really big hood that can accommodate my (laughs) headphones. Oh, Uh, you're recording. Yes, you're recording. Oh, yeah, I'm recording. I'm recording. This is a podcast in which two friends have serious conversations about silly things and silly conversations about serious things. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. I'm going to turn you off. Okay. Which is different from turning you on. And we're back at six. <laughs> Strong six. I like the idea that um, seems to be quite common in this country that, that uh, you have this, you know, you have a scale for something, let's say zero to six, and then you have to have strong six. <laughs> like, I think that's the point of a scale, right? You know, you don't, yeah, it's this sort yeah. of a star star, a star star star. <gasps> I've had a slightly strange week. I, oh, strange how? There was a, there was a, uh, I had an accident yesterday that involved that involved the death of um, my sourdough starter. That must have been really hard for you. It was um, a little annoying. Um, How did it die? Well, I think it, I think it's fair to say that I was reaching into the fridge whilst <gasps> I know while uh, trying to stir risotto at the same time. And then realizing that the parmesan, which happens to be in a very large cake tin, and the reason it's in a very large cake tin is because it's a very large chunk of parmesan cheese. Trying to pull it out wouldn't come out. I didn't look close enough to realize that my big jar of starter was sitting on top of it. So as I pulled the parmesan out, the sourdough took a dive and smashed. And I have to say my first thought was to scoop it up. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah. put it back in, and not worry about it. But it had been it had been lanced and stabbed by multiple shards of glass, and it didn't seem like that was the best thing to um, ingest. There's a performance artist called Bobby Baker, who you may or may not know. I have heard of Bobby Baker. She she made a piece for. Um, a publication in the early 90s which is called Shattered Anatomies which is exploring questions of uh, documentation. documentation of live practice yeah exactly and the piece that she does is called Sharp Kisses in which she takes a big mason jar full of jam and then she smashes it with a hammer and smashes and smashes and smashes and smashes and smashes oh. and then takes the jam and forces it through um, a filter a, a sieve yeah a filter of some. I think it's a sieve and then she takes spoonfuls of the uh, of the jam, puts it in her mouth, and then sort of pushes it through her lips to make a little kiss on a piece of card. Oh. I have one just behind me, but it it makes me think maybe you could have made some sharp kisses of your sourdough. I would have. Um, that's where I was going. The problem was the risotto was um, needed attention. Yeah. So I was a little bit stuck at the sharp mm. end. As it were of the, of the of the risotto, and but yes, I was leaning in that direction, which is to was to resuscitate the starter by um, by forcing it through a sieve, and then um, had a quick chat to Lil, and we went. Nah. So yeah, it's uh, it's joined your mother's spreadsheet in the sky. 
So what's the, uh, I mean, I don't want to, to sound crass and like I'm trying to move on and, you know, go for a rebound starter, but what's yeah, the plan? Yeah, I've st- I started one last night. So is now a good time or a bad time for me to tell you that my starter is your starter? Did I give that? Did I really? You gave me a starter years ago. You, this must years ago. I must have had like two starters since then. Oh, I've still got the same one. Wow. And you've treated it badly, haven't you? Oh, oh my God, I've treated it appallingly. <laughs> I mean, I've ignored it for months. I've, yeah. And does I've it still bubble? Together. Does it still burst yeah. into bubble? Yeah, I mean, it takes longer to burst into bubble when I've ignored it and been really cruel. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, this morning there was toast made by aforementioned starter. Wow. I've also got a, a friend who has a bakery in Auckland and he's got my starter that's uh, running that entire bakery. Do you get do you get profits? I've, you get a profit I've asked several times. He's <laughs> extraordinarily good at uh, ignoring that question. It's amazing. It's like I don't even, did I just ask did I just imagine that I asked that question? I'm sure I said that out loud, but apparently I, I didn't. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the other thing happened is we had a problem with our um, freezer, and so we've had to, we had to um, put down several. When I say several, two bags of gnocchi. Put down as in euthanize them or yeah, euthanize oh, okay. them. Yeah. I just why didn't you just eat them? Because they were a really odd color, oh. and also they'd gone all globbed together. Oh, like just a mass of potato and flour. Oh, you're poor. You've yeah. got me feeling a strong six again. <laughs> Yeah, they were. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's been uh, it's been a difficult week. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay, right, right. I feel like you're just about to launch into something. Come I on, wasn't. hit me. Oh. oh, you went right, like you had something. I to was, say, wasn't cause... I? But I wasn't. But well, it sounded like it. I got atted. You, you know, when people say "Don't at me," yeah. Well, I got atted. As a result of this podcast. On in Instagram. On Instagram, a person called Bam Bam, if you can can, <laughs> mentioned me. <laughs> I don't know. And the, the, I the just, little... That's the best Twitter handle ever. He's, um, the, the, does I'm it say the real it. Bam Bam, if you can can, or is it just... No, it's a... It, it could be a fake one. I, I don't know if it's a real or fake, but... Um, <laughs> Bam Bam, if you can, can, is the handle. <laughs> and there's a picture of somebody standing on one leg, and it looks like there's a, a dance thing happening. Oh. And, and now I'm... And Do you think uh, it's a dance person? I, I know it's a dance person, oh. because I can actually now see his name. I'm saying his because I'm making an assumption because he doesn't have uh, preferred pronouns on, on his um, profile. But it says, dance maker, breed creativity. Oh, I love that. Yep. And breed. Uh, breed. B R E E. Not bread. I thought at first it said bread creativity and I got Oh why that's very why he's that's why he's adding you. <laughs> <laughs> um uh it's a person called Hank Bamberger. Oh. And he added me in at first what felt like one of those strange round robins that you were thinking what the fucking hell has somebody tagged me in this for? Because it, it's a long post about uh, climbing. And I was thinking, I have no interest in climbing. As in rock climbing? 
Exactly. And then it gets to the bottom and it starts to talk about the relationship between his PhD studies and dance. And then I got more interested. And then he starts to talk about mindfulness and performance, internalizations of the self. And I was like, this is very interesting. I am interested. Sounds like a very long post for Instagram. It is very, 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 very long. And then I get to the way. It is. And then at the bottom, there's some hashtags. And then there's an at, at Dogshelf. I love your podcast. And I am Simon's new advisee. And at first I thought, what is he advising Simon in? And then I realized <laughs> that that I'm sure might be, be advi- the He'll be advising me in lots and lots of things. Anyway, so love the podcast. We got some feedback, but I only found it because um, I don't check people who at me very often on uh, Instagram. I only found it the other day and I was like, oh, there you go. So that's some Hank Bamberger. And he loves the podcast. So clearly he doesn't love it enough to pay attention to the lack of feedback caveat. I just disagree. I, I think I'm going to have to part from you. Is this the whole last episode? I think this might be it. Will we still be in the top 1%? I don't want to lose that status. <laughs> Lee here is referring to a tweet that I sent him. Now, let's be clear. I'm not on Twitter, but I was reading it in a regular blog post. And it was talking about um, how to get into the top 1% of all podcasts. And basically, <laughs> there's millions of them, and you just you get if you get past the first two, meaning if you get past two episodes, you immediately sort of push up into some ridiculous percentile, and then if you get past what was it, twenty one? It's twenty one, yeah. <laughs> then you end up in the top one percent, so which is clearly not the top one percent of all those that are still active, but of all podcasts that have ever been made. But this is statistics. Uh, just they they when they when they serve to so flatter you. <laughs> I know, I am so numerous. But when they serve to flatter you, who cares about the provenance? <laughs> Listeners, you are engaging in a top 1% podcast. Thank you very much. We are. We are not. We are the 1%. We're not the 99%. <gasps> and yet I don't see Jeff Bezos asking me if I want to join whatever that talky channel is that only special people could join for a while. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a member. Are you? Yes. But I thought only special people were allowed to join. You had to get invited. <laughs> yeah, it's called, um, what's it called? Fuck you, I'm not part of it, so I don't care, I think. <laughs> it's called um, just uh, Clubhouse. Oh, God, even the name makes me want to stick my fingers down my throat. What a wretch-worthy bag of shit. You know fuck how, you, you Clubhouse, know. and the fucking horse you rode in on. You know how I got it. Fuck you, sideways. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I was, just, I was just having a moment. You could beep that out. Oh, I could just leave it. <laughs> Unless I'm about to get invited by Jeff Bezos. I could invite you, of course. I don't really want to. Um, but I got invited by none other than Corbatron. Corbatron's well, basically. How does Corbatron managed to be he a number one? is a sneaky little, I'm going to say it, little bastard. I don't know, he's got his fingers in lots of pies. He really does. So he, uh, and he actually, he, when he sent me the invite, he said, oh, maybe you and Lee could do live versions of Midlifing. Oh, that's so nice. I like that you didn't bother to invite me then. <laughs> I just thought it was a shit idea. You, could you edit that out, though, so Corbatron doesn't hear it? I'm, I'm actually going to clip that out. I put it at the beginning. I just loop it. 45 minutes of you going, I thought Corbatron had a shit idea. <laughs> hey, so we, um, we do... Uh, we, we had an interesting proposition, you and I, during the week. It's from Sleepless and Surbiton. Should we have a go? At, uh, it's, it's, do you want to? Do you want to do this? I actually, I do want to do this because I have found that the question that is asked 
has weighed heavily on my mind. There's no irony here. This question has weighed heavily on my mind since I heard it or read it. Yeah, it, uh, yes, let's do it. Agony uncles, Simon and Lee. So uh, agony uncles is not quite right, is it? Useful uncles? It needs alliteration. It, you think it's okay? I'm, I'm fine because useful uncles is less helpful because it, because you and uncle... The useful uncle that's oh. it's not really alliterative is it? it's the same like letter, anxious the same anxious uncles. anxious uncles that would work yeah. or ugly uncles or <laughs> uncomfortable uncles oh and now i'm uncomfortable now you're talking uh-huh. so it also but it does make me think when you when i hear agony uncles simon and lee that we could be transitioning into a uh, podcast in which we serve the needs of the community that we um that's a great idea because I was thinking, you know, we, we, we spent like maybe 13 minutes being uh, film reviewers. So now we could <laughs> spend a little while. <laughs> yeah, do it. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. I have a dilemma at work and I'd like the opinion of some smart and successful people. You know where this is going to. I asked, <laughs> but since they're busy. <laughs> I asked all my smart and successful friends, but they were all busy achieving things. <laughs> By contrast, you two seem like you have a lot of time on your hands. I mean, you have a podcast for Christ's sake. There it is. I don't like. I don't like the tone of this beginning personally. Mm, I feel that this is a person that knows us. Just the tone. It feels. <laughs> it feels over familiar. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. About five months ago, I left a job I really enjoyed. I knew that I'd unlikely find a job that was as fulfilling, but I was motivated to secure something. I find being able to eat and pay for stuff quite a good motivator. <laughs> after, a, after a couple of months, I got a new job. It's adjacent to my previous role, but in every conceivable way, much worse. It's very oh. far from where I live. It's less money, and the culture at the institution is suffocating. These are not things that make me feel that this is a happy situation to be in. No. Although what I do is fairly specialist, and jobs arise infrequently, there was a very small role posted in another organization just one month into my employment. Out of frustration, I applied and got the job. (laughs) This new role is more money, close to home, and importantly, only four days a week, exclamation mark. I'd have three-day weekends forever. I might even start my own podcast. (laughs) Join the top 1%. Exactly. My question is, how do I resign from my current job only six weeks into my contract <laughs> without burning in br- any bridges? I'm a people pleaser. I'm thinking about disappointing my employers, making the soles of my feet sweat. What a beautiful mm. image. Mm. My field is small, so it's likely my current job will hear about my new appointment, so lying outrageously is out. I'm still in my probationary period, so I was thinking that I might just start doing a terrible job stealing office supplies and sleeping with my coworkers. But given the time frame available, that might not fire me quickly enough. How do I resign gracefully without destroying my reputation? Any advice you can offer will be gratefully received. Yours, sleepless in serfdom. You're, you're <laughs> an expert at employment. In the sense that I've had several jobs recently. You've had uh, more jobs in the last year than, uh, than me. I've had more jobs in the last year than I've had in the last 12. <laughs> You've also been out of jobs as well. I have. I have. So I think that this makes you uniquely qualified, if not an expert. Well, I wonder if this is why I spent some time chewing it over. Mm. Because I recently had to hand in my notice for a job that was a temporary contract. Um, And I handed in my notice well before the contract was due up. 
because I'd, I'd been offered a full-time permanent role, which paid more. I'd had that moment of kind of thinking, oh, I'm, I'm letting people down. Mm. And I got halfway through the sentence of, I feel like I'm letting people. And before I could get to the down, Bob just went, are you being paid what you are worth? And I said, uh, that's a tricky one to, to answer. She said, no, it's not. Mean, meaning at the paid? job you were leaving? At the job I was leaving. Are you being paid what you used to get paid? I said, no, I took a pay cut because it was the first job that came along and you know we needed to pay the bills because of COVID-19 and all of that sort of stuff. But it, it did make me go, how does an institution value people? And then I think that made me ask bigger questions about things like probation. In that sense that you are on a probation. Yeah, it's an audition. Of usually, yeah, exactly. The expectation is that you will relocate in order to, you know, be nearby. But they can still, within a year, say, actually, this isn't working out. So in lots of ways, there is this sense that everything is... Yeah, they're holding all the cards, more or exactly. less. Exactly, yeah. So one of the few, I think, areas of, of agency that we have as employees is to be able to say actually, I found a better opportunity somewhere else and I'm going to take it. And you would have no compunction ending my contract if, let's say, for example, there, in our field there was a, a, you know, a massive drop in student numbers. The first person they'd get rid of probably would be the one who was last in and still within their probationary period because that would save them having to do redundancies and they wouldn't have to do payouts and all of those sorts of things. It would be really a quick and easy decision for senior management to make. Wouldn't it? Would that does that seem like a? Yes, it does seem like that person would be the most vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. And so the moment for the moment that you kind of let that in to to your thinking and go, how much will they protect me against all odds, versus how how much am I swinging in the breeze? I'm not sure that you need to worry at all about what they think when you leave, because I'm guessing that nobody would be giving a second thought to getting rid of you if you were no longer valuable. Okay, I'm totally with you. But Sleepless and Serpentin's question yeah. is about not burning bridges. And I don't think you can worry about that. There's nothing you can do about that. People will think and feel the way they think and feel. Their perspective, their, their concern that they are burning bridges and they will be thought of badly... Is, is absolutely real. real and possible, and very possible. I would go. I would go further. I would say it is likely. likely. What's your perspective? Because I just think that they have to be fine with burning bridges. It is tricky. Yeah, but the thing that's underlying this is this is an opportunity that it's not like the job landed in Sleepless's lap. This is the thing. Like to me, that they went and sought the job in the short time. Right, that's like to me. That's the thing that's at the heart of it. Like it's, but but this is this is why I'm saying that the institution doesn't care about people, and that's why I link it back to the institution because there is a the sleepless has made quite clear that the the environment in which they are working feels suffocating. So the so as a shorthand, it's a shitty place to work. <laughs> yeah? yeah, so it's a shitty place to work for a variety of reasons. And do you think if well, if those people receive uh, sleepless's uh, resignation and go I don't know where this is coming from then they need to have a word with themselves but do you and think if they would, look at but do you think do you think it would then be better that uh, that sleepless gave it a little bit of speed back 
No. Not only is this opportunity better, but this place is terrible, and it's no. terrible for these reasons. The bridge, okay. The bridge burning, that is both a real and a fictional concern. <laughs> In that, you will not be able to go back to that place of work. So you have really burnt your bridges if you want to go back or, there. Or burnt, burnt a single bridge. Yeah, you've burnt the bridge back to that institution. Yeah. Doesn't sound sounds... like Sleepless wants to head back there. Exactly. Yeah. Then, thereafter, it's how might this impact if one of those people leave that institution and go somewhere else that I want to work down the road? And then mm-hmm. says, but Sleepless uh, only spent this long at this institution. Why would we employ that person now? Exactly that. And if the institution... The hypothetical institution, the future institution. If the future institution listens to the person, then that already tells you everything you need to know, which is that that is an institution that can't be trusted and you don't want to work there anyway because they're listening to one person's personal perspective and they're overwriting anything about CV, experience, uh, mouthfeel of the candidate, all of those sorts of things. Did you say mouthfeel? Yeah, I was just pretending they were a chocolate. Do you, when you eat chocolate, do you just let it sit in your mouth? That's a lot of it to do with the mouthfeel of the chocolate. You yeah. Know, because there is, there's some chocolate, and I find the, I'm, I think I've got quite, um, actually, Bob and I were talking about you and Lil yesterday, uh, about your palates. I can hardly wait to hear. We were just saying that we think that you've got very sophisticated palates. Oh. And we, because we were eating some. <laughs> marked down mozzarella sticks from Morrison's <laughs> that had cost 70p. And we were both going, I can't imagine Lil and Simon would ever eat these marked down mozzarella sticks because they've got more refined palettes. What's a mozzarella than we stick? Have. Is it like a, is it a breadstick with mo- mozzarella on the edge of it? It's a, it's a piece of mozzarella in the with shape bread of crumbs on the outside. Oh, don't leave. You're killing me. You're... There was 70p. <laughs> I think that's. I think it's more. I don't think it's about refined palates. I think it's about being a snob, actually, personally. And I think the thing that was making us particularly enjoy it is we were pairing it with a bottle of Verth Clico. <laughs> you're kidding me. No, I'm not. See, you're that, you're that is you could you guys. I mean, I love you both. <laughs> I love you both, but that is the most English thing I've ever heard. The English, the relationship of English people to food is odd. Yeah, I would absolutely the, the, agree the, with the, you. The, the, the focus on cheapness is just blows my mind. Yeah, yeah, I think it is a real problem. Um, but both Bob and I, <laughs> Bob and I. Like, did you just not have to... any other bottles of sparkling in the cupboard? Is that what you were? <laughs> or did you oh, no. specifically no. choose these we, we uh, had 70p we... <laughs> we had, mozzarella we had sticks a... to have with a bottle of verve? <laughs> we'd start. <laughs> we'd, we'd opened up the <laughs> we'd opened up the bottle of verve Clico and we paired it with <laughs> some flaming <laughs> some flaming hot watsits. <laughs> So I, I would have I would have made some homemade sourdough biscuits and then made exactly. some made some ricotta from scratch. <laughs> but we were sitting in the garden in the full sun with a bottle of uh, a bottle, a bottle of, of champagne. Of 
and uh, and some what's it's and we were just howling with laughter at what an incredibly fun time we were having yeah and I then i went into the kitchen to see what we would be eating for dinner and there was like there was some olives i was like i could i could make a nice i could make a nice fresh pasta i could and then then i saw there was a 70p packet of uh of mozzarella sticks that that Bob had probably bought for Jeff to snack on, and I said, for Jeff. "Let's have these." <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff comes into the house that is theoretically going to be for Jeff, and then I go, "This looks really good. <laughs> we should eat this." <laughs> it's still in date. Yeah, we would. We would just we finished the bottle. It was delicious, and I was very disappointed that there wasn't a second bottle to go on to. <laughs> but we both got quite sleepy and <laughs> that's when Bob said is this why people have cocaine and champagne at the same time so that you <laughs> offset the sleepiness with, with, some... An, with some cocaine we're going to have to we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to slap a, a cocaine label on this episode you realize why oh it's all those tags you have to do at the at the end you have to click a button about it containing some material that's do you know. really I'm yeah. not suggesting people should do cocaine. The question was, is that why people do do cocaine while they are drinking champagne? Now, if only Sleepless and uh, Surbiton had written in and asked us that question, that would have been far more interesting than talking about this person's lousy job problem. Is there really a button that you have to press that says we talked about cocaine? No, it's not. A, it's not just about cocaine. It's about um, swearing and. Oh well, we do that every week. Yeah, yeah. So you always have to press that button. But it, uh, sometimes I forget, and then I can't remember whether we did swear. <laughs> or so. We all okay. As a rule of thumb, we always swear. We're always going to mention bottoms or willies uh, <laughs> or boobs. <laughs> And uh, if we'd called it bottoms, willies, and boobs, I reckon we'd have a whole. We'd be onto a winner there. Yeah, but we're also missing out vulvas, which are awesome. Just, just like to um, big shout out to all the vulvas out there. Thank you for being so awesome. <laughs> are you there? <laughs>